We often spend time at this time of year considering what our best gifts could be for other people. If you're like us and you have young children, then you probably have spent time talking to them and asking them what it is that they think they want for Christmas. When I was a kid, people still sent snail mail and people would mail letters to Santa Claus and tell him what they wanted for Christmas. Or maybe you wanted to get a really special gift for someone very dear to your heart this year, so you spent time investigating what would be the gift for them that would just go so far. We often express these things even ourselves. Uh, We could probably all fill in the blank. I'd really love to have a new this. And and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we have things that are actual needs. Sometimes we have some things on our radar that maybe we'd like to just have a way to escape reality for a few days. Anybody ever seen the movie Christmas with the Cranks? A Christmas cruise sounds kind of fun. Just to be honest, less things to do, less places to be, right? Sometimes these are things that we just want. Now, if you're like me, you could probably always use some more socks and some more underwear. Now, don't worry, that's as awkward as we're going to get this morning, okay? But I, I probably could, and maybe you could too. But what I know to be true for all of us, if we all had common ground this morning, we may not all want the same thing for Christmas But I can truly say that for all of us, we know the gifts that we really need are impossible to find in this world. The gifts that we really need are impossible to find in this world. It was my prayer today as we came together in these few moments around the Word and knowing we would have all the festivities and opportunities to connect. It was my prayer today that somehow in this moment I could convey to you the heart of Jesus Himself. What does Jesus really want for you today? And I can tell you, first of all, that Jesus wants you to experience peace. Peace in your heart, peace in your mind, peace that passes all understanding, that transcends all understanding. We might even say peace that is better than understanding, better than being able to figure out all that's going on, but having peace in your hearts knowing you belong to Jesus with all that's going on in the world. Or maybe you came in today and it's not just what's happening on the outside, but it's all the things that are happening in your own life. Maybe you felt like throughout some of this year that there's been a little bit of a target on your back and it feels like the enemy is only picking on you or it feels like things are going wrong in so many different ways. In the midst of all of that, in the world and in your own life, God wants you to have peace with the involvement in your life of God's plan for your life and how He wants to, as we've talked about even last week, how He wants to fit the pieces of the puzzle of your life. They may be a puzzle to you, but they're not puzzling to God. Remember that. You may feel like you've just got a bunch of puzzle pieces that you can't figure out in life, but God knows exactly how they go together. If you've ever done a puzzle and there's 50,000 pieces that are all blue, They're all part of the sky, or they're all green, they're all part of grass. And you're like, how in the world will I ever figure this out? And it can feel that way in life sometimes. But God is not fooled, God is not confused, God is not stressing about any of it. There can be peace in your life knowing that as long as I'm following Jesus and taking the steps He lays out for me, 
I'm going to be okay. And ultimately, there is a peace about knowing that we're right with God, that we're forgiven of our sin, that we're free from the power of sin, and that we no longer have to worry about what's going to happen after this life. I'm reminded of the words of the angel to Mary, When the pregnancy and birth of Jesus was announced in Luke chapter 1, and it's repeated every time an angel of the Lord comes on the scene throughout Scripture, but there's some key words there that I think we can take to heart today, and it's this, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now, contrary to belief, peace is not just when all is well. Peace is not just when everything's smooth and when you're on just on the mountaintop and life is great or when everything in the world seems to be fitting together perfectly. If you're taking notes today, remember peace is not the absence of problems but the presence of Christ. Peace. The peace of God. What would Jesus say to you today? I believe Jesus wants you to experience joy. Joy. The announcement's to the shepherds that came after Jesus' birth in Luke chapter 2. The announcement said this, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The greatest joy that the angel was announcing is about Jesus being the Savior and how we can know that our sins are forgiven and our salvation is sure and our eternity is certain. What I found is that a lot of people in this world don't really experience joy. They're living with a sense of maybe happiness. And happiness ascends and descends based on what is happening in our life. We're happy because of the way we feel about the things that are going on. But with Christ, it's different. Joy isn't based on outward circumstances, but on an inner work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 that those who are poor in spirit, those who are meek, those who are tenderhearted before the Lord, those who are peacemakers, those are the people who are truly blessed. And we often think of that word blessed in some wrong connotations, that it's just about material things and all the things that we can possess in this world. But that word blessed is about having an assurance and a calm and a peace and a joy that comes only from the inner working of the Holy Spirit. It means I can have a little and yet I have everything because I have Jesus. I can have very little in the world standards and yet I can have everything. Things can be tense and messy. Life can be hard at moments. Situations aren't always perfect but we can smile because on the inside we are being renewed day by day. The Holy Spirit is at work. We might not have the latest or greatest gift or gadget. We may not wear the latest threads or trends. We may not have the highest bank account or the largest house but we have the joy of knowing Jesus. And that's the greatest joy. The joy of knowing I've been rescued from sin. I grew up in in a home where mom and dad did not swim. And only recently, many of you remember my father was here visiting just a couple of weeks ago. And only recently I found out why 
my family was were not big swimmers. And by big, I mean not at all. They were not at all swimmers. And it was 13, I was 13 years old before I learned how to swim. And uh, I, I found out that my dad had had, I never knew it. I found out my dad had had this traumatic experience in his life and uh, almost was pulled into uh, a, a very troubling situation if uh, I won't go into all of it but the point being uh, I didn't learn to swim till I was 13 and to this day to be honest with you treading water is not my favorite thing to do it's tiring about as tiring as taking your kids to an indoor water park at Great Wolf Lodge I know because I did it Friday night Treading water, if you can imagine being stranded in the middle of an ocean and that ocean representing our sin and we're just trying to tread water and there's nothing around, there's no land in sight. If you can imagine someone who maybe even was stranded on an island and and they had no food and there was nobody else there and you can imagine the stress and the anxiety and the feelings that would well up inside of all of us to be stranded in that way and then we can imagine the joy of when that helicopter flew overhead of when that boat showed up out of nowhere to rescue us from that ocean water as we're trying to tread and just stay alive. That's the joy of knowing we've been rescued from sin, that in ourselves we were drowning in our sin problem, but Jesus reached down and He bridged the gap and He stuck out His hand and He picked us up from drowning and set us on a solid rock so that we could be alive and well in Him. That's joy. That's joy. The joy of the Lord, Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, is our strength. How do we get through this life? How do we face the things that happen? Because not one single person in this room or online is exempt from having to deal with some junk in life. How do we get through it? It's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. It's a joy to journey with Jesus. It's a joy to know that we will be with Him forever in the state of not having any effects of sin. No more sickness. No more death. No more sorrow. No more pain. No more struggle our hearts. We praise and we sing this morning because we are His and He is ours. It's the joy of the Lord. Jesus wants you to experience that joy. A joy that is stable in Him that is not based on everything else. He wants you to experience peace and joy. Jesus also wants you to experience hope. I'm not sure there's ever been a time in our world where people have nothing to live for the way they do now. No sight of a different day. No anticipation of what is to come. Many people are coming to the end of their rope feeling like that they have no options and nowhere to turn. I'm thankful that as Jesus followers, it can be different and it will be different. Hebrews chapter 6 tells us that our hope in Jesus is an anchor for our souls. And if you know anything about an anchor and a, a ship or a boat, then you know that anchor is what steadies that ship. It's what steadies that boat. Even when the winds are rocking, even when the storms are blowing in, it's that anchor that holds them steady. God never fails. It's impossible for him to fail. God never lies. It's impossible for him to lie. So we can be certain that everything Jesus did and everything God has promised is as sure right now as it has ever been. Biblical hope is not just wishful thinking. I hope that lunch comes on time for our life group today. 
I hope that I get to sit down and maybe relax later today. But things can happen, right? Things can shift. Biblical hope isn't wishful thinking. Biblical hope is a confident expectation in what is to come. It's believing in our hearts and saying, God said it, therefore it will happen. Just as the angel told Mary, no word from God will ever fail. God has promised the abundant life and God has promised eternal life in Christ. God has promised to answer our prayers. God has promised to order our steps in what is best for our lives. We can expect and we can anticipate God will do what He said He will do. And we can hold on to Him as the anchor that steadies our lives in the midst of this world. I'll leave you with this thought on hope. We have confident expectation that God is in control of the now and the next. God is in control of the now and the next. All I have to do is trust in Him. He wants us to have hope. He wants us to have that confident expectation in our lives that everything will be just as it needs to be. And Jesus wants you to experience love. Now, we throw the word love around about everything. Some people in Minnesota love the Vikings. Although it can be a hard relationship to maintain that love in. I love to watch the Georgia Bulldogs play, except when they lose in the SEC championship to Alabama. I love to see my kids laughing and have fun. I love my children. I love my wife. And, and I get it that, that at different points in time in our minds, we have different varying degrees of love, if you will. We don't love sports or things as much as we love our children and our family. We certainly shouldn't love things as much as we love our Lord. But the point being, we throw that word around, and I wonder sometimes if we haven't lost a little bit of, of what love really means. We associate love with emotion, we associate love with the butterflies, with the sensation of that emotional feeling, and there are certainly some of those things. But Scripture shows us that the love of God towards us is much more than just feelings or emotions. In fact, Scripture teaches us that God's love for us was not even based on our own actions. The Bible says in John 3.16, you know it, for God so loved the world, or this is how God loved the world, He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Notice the words of this well-known verse of Scripture. For God so loved the world that He gave. It led to action. It led to His compassionate action towards us. Romans chapter 5 says it this way. When we were utterly helpless, again, get that, that idea, that vision of being stranded somewhere with no help. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. He took our place. He was that substitutionary atonement for us. He died in our place. Now, most people, notice what Paul says. He picks up on this. Most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Most people aren't going to say, you know what, let me step in front of you and take the bullet. 
Most people aren't going to step up and say, let me take your place, though some might be perhaps willing to die for a person who is especially good. But here's what God did. God showed His great love, and He did it for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. What is His point? We weren't good. We were especially bad. We were especially marred by sin. We were lost in sinfulness. Our hearts were black. And I mean, all you got to do is look around in the world and see people who are not following Jesus, and you realize really quickly the human heart left to its own is bad. It's not good. It's sinful. It's rebellious. It's selfish at its best. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Who in the world would love the worst people, the worst people of the world? Who in the world would love the most sinful people of the world? And the answer is God Himself. And I love the fact that Scripture teaches us that nothing changes His love for us. He loved us before we ever loved Him. You believe that, right? He loved us before we ever loved Him, and He loves us now, wherever we are in life, so much that He gave Jesus so that our lives could be changed and be different, and He will love us going forward. God has an unconditional love that cannot be lost. We will never step out of His love. That doesn't mean that we wouldn't submit ourselves under the judgment of God if we're sinful and refuse to listen to Him. It simply means that he's like a loving father who always wants his children to be with him. He's a loving father who never wants to see harmful things happen in our lives. He wants us. He wants relationship with us. He wants to care for us. He wants to lead our lives. I was probably four or five years old, and I was sitting in a 1992-year model navy blue Ford Ranger pickup that was my dad's. And it was a a manual or stick shift truck. Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, there was this big thing. on. This wasn't on the column of the steering wheel. This was in the floor. It was called a gear stick. You have one, but it's not quite the same. And you had to manually adjust the gears as you took off. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can anybody drive a stick shift? Let's just ask that question. All right. Man, I feel better about our world already right now. I was sitting in this truck, and and it was probably sometime near a holiday season kind of like this, and Dad needed to go over to what was, I think, my great-grandmother's home. We were trying to take care of some property there and and probably get ready to sell it. And So I'm sitting in the truck, and I had this old-school baseball game. And I remember to this day, it was green, it was so old, It was green around the edges, and it had this one little tiny screen that's not even half the size of what we carry in our pocket on a phone these days. And the buttons were yellow, and you had two options. You had hit and run. Hit and run. And you really weren't sure if it was going to run or not. It might stop at second base. The ball might go through the... You could see the little second baseman jump, but you never knew if he was going to catch it or if it was going to keep going. Just crazy. I mean, old school game. We're talking pre-Sega Genesis here. We're talking way back. Way back. I'm sitting in his truck, and I'm waiting for him to come out, and I reach over... And if you know anything about a stick shift, unless the parking brake's on, I reach over... And I just adjust the gear stick. Now, my grandmother's driveway was um, 
not the steepest of driveways, but at the front of the driveway, when you got towards her house, there was a really curved concrete pad that led up to her porch. A front porch is a thing that used to be built on houses that people would sit rocking chairs on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. And so I put that thing in gear, and it wasn't long. It wasn't running, but it wasn't long. The truck started moving backwards because there was just enough incline to get it rolling. And as it started rolling, it gained speed. All I remember was playing my baseball game. The next thing I know, and I can see this, and I may be able to see this till the day I leave this earth. The next thing I know, my grandmother had a screen door that led into the hardwood door that would open in the house. The next thing I know, all I saw was the screen door fly wide open, and my dad, who's not a huge guy, he could probably run pretty fast, but he didn't do it on a regular basis, and he swings that swing, that swinging door, that screen door wide open, and the next thing I know, he's running towards the truck that is running away from him. Wasn't a big street in Spring Street in Cockwood, Georgia, but I can vividly remember Dad probably ran about as fast as he'd ever ran in his life. And when it all was said and done, that truck stopped about this far from the corner of somebody's house. And it wasn't a brick home. It wasn't a sturdy home. If it had hit it, it probably would have taken their entire den out. So as you can imagine, the conversation was, what happened? I don't know. I was just playing my baseball game. Listen, I've known Jesus a lot longer since then, okay? Just bear with me. I was four or five years old. So I said, I was just playing my baseball game. Later that night, I guess there was conviction early on. I confessed the truth. And here's what I found. What I found was my father still loved me, but he had to teach me how to do what was right as a learning experience from that moment. And I can't help but think about that when I think about our Lord and how there are times we blow it. There are times we do reach up and move things out of gear and nearby put ourselves in a world of mess. And God loves us so much. He didn't stop loving us when we did it. But now He's going to teach us the right way to do things. Now he's going to change our lives to help know what not to do going forward and what to do better. It's the same thing with my kids today. I don't have time to give you enough examples from my children, but I can tell you that there have been plenty of times I love them with all of my heart. In fact, I used to think it was a lie from parents that they didn't love to spank their children. But it's true. Nobody really wants to spank their kids. Please don't turn me into whatever the service is these days. We spank our children in an appropriately healthy way, but uh, the point being, I still love them, but I do have a responsibility to teach them and to discipline them and to show them what is right. God loves us, and He always will. And it's His love that sent Jesus to die for us so that we could be forgiven of sin and with Him for eternity. And Jesus loved us so much that He gave His life for you and I who didn't deserve it and couldn't do anything to earn it. And now God's love is what has made a way for our lives to be different. Transformation, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And oh, how different it is with Jesus. It's better. 
People might say, well, I've been living without Jesus now for 20, 30 years. What in the world do I need to be worried about with God and His Scripture now? And I would say not only is it a matter of eternity, but it's also a matter of walking hand in hand and life in life with Jesus as our best friend. I think of the words of the psalmist, who is God that He is mindful of us? We are mere mortals, and yet God invites us to a personal relationship, to know Him, to be with Him, to have Him lead our lives in ways that we could never see enough to lead ourselves. Our lives are better. Our lives, we talked about it this morning, they're peace-filled and they're joy-filled when life is about following Jesus. So my challenge for you today is very simple. My challenge for you today is that while you're worried about getting the right gifts for other people, and while you're maybe getting ready even this afternoon to go do some of that last-minute Christmas shopping, or maybe it's too early for you and last-minute Christmas shopping is next Saturday night. I don't know. People are different. Whatever the case, while you're spending this time getting those right gifts for other people, family and friends, and even while you're spending time, whether it's Christmas Eve night or whether it's Christmas morning, unwrapping those gifts. My challenge and encouragement to you today is to unwrap that gift of relationship with Jesus. To unwrap the greatest gift that's ever been given to anyone's life, the gift of salvation and the gift of this ongoing journey with Jesus where we can experience peace and hope and love and power and joy and strength. The words of the psalmist say it very plainly in Psalm 34. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him Fear the Lord, you His godly people, for those who fear Him will have all that they need. Even strong young lions sometimes grow hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. And that's not just about the the needs of material needs in this life, although I do believe if we put God first, He will take care of our needs. It's scriptural. But it's also about all of the good things He will do in our hearts. To be able to be in the midst of life and to be able to be in the midst of maybe some things going on that you don't understand or that aren't really enjoyable to the human mind and life. And yet you can do like this and just ah, say, well, that doesn't seem super spiritual. (laughs) Sometimes that's the most spiritual thing I feel like I can ever do. Just to be able to take a deep breath and say, you know what? The same God who got me to this point is the same God who's going to carry me onward. The same God who is with me when whatever starts in life is going to be the same God that's with me through the thing in life and it's going to still be with me on the other side of the thing in life. And the joy and the peace and the love and the confident expectation and the power and the strength, I could never muster up these things on my own. And the world can't give me any of that. And Instead, it's the opposite. But in Jesus, there is a life. There is life in Him, life forevermore, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So unwrap this gift. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Would you stand with me this morning all across the room? If you're online, we're thrilled you're with us today. This is a special day here. It's Christmas at EPAG, so 
we're preparing to go out and eat great food and spend time together and all of it's wonderful. But before we get to that moment, where are you at today with the Lord? And maybe maybe you need something in your life that you can't provide and that the world can't give you, but that Jesus wants to work in you. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, if you will, for a moment and close your eyes and give this a focused moment for the Lord. I'm going to ask our prayer team members who are in service today, would you come and would you make yourselves available on either side of the auditorium? In just a moment, I'm going to pray for you. And then you're going to have opportunity. If you want prayer today, if you want someone to agree with you, if you want someone to talk with you about what it means to follow Jesus, if you if you want to experience what we're talking about today, this peace and this joy and this love that is so much better. So much better than anything you could find in this world. If you want to experience hope, confident expectation about the future that's not based on your circumstances, but based on the one you serve and the one who is your friend who will walk with you in this journey. And there are people today who will pray with you, who will encourage you. For some, it may be to make the decision to follow Jesus for the very first time. And that's wonderful. For some today, it may be that you're finding it a little bit of a struggle to feel like you have a lot of peace. Maybe there's a lot of things going on right now. Maybe maybe this season doesn't bring a lot of joy or even happiness. Maybe this season brings about some awareness that there's issues in your family. There's issues in your home. There's There, there are things that you're trying to navigate work-wise at the end of this calendar year. We could go down the list. And today you're saying, I... I need to experience that peace in my heart and in my mind because I'm worried, I'm anxious, I'm stressed out. Uh, Maybe today you're, you're spending a lot of time thinking about what if this happens or what if that happens. And the Lord is inviting you today to give it to Him, to say, Lord, I'm gonna trust you with this and I'm gonna trust your heart for me. And instead, Lord, you offer peace and I want to experience that peace. I want to experience that joy. I want to know a calm and a journey with you, Lord, like I've never known. You can even be already following Jesus today, but recognizing you'd like to experience even more of that in your life. You're recognizing there's some temptation for you to worry and get consumed with things and and to get caught up in what's happening in the world or in your world. And so maybe you're not in that place that you know Jesus invites you to. Would you give him an opportunity? If you need peace, if you need joy, if you need hope again to believe that the future is bright in Christ and in your life, if you need the love of God, I challenge you today, if you remember nothing else, to hear these words, what you really need is only found in Jesus. What you really need What you really, really, truly need is only found in Jesus. You won't find it in things. You won't even find it in other people. What you really need, what your heart is longing for, is only found in Jesus. So why don't you pray with me today and invite Him to work in your life. And then if you'd like, there'll be people who will pray with you too. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. 
Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to guess what your heart is towards us. We see it on display loud and clear. You loved us so much that you gave. In your mercy and grace and compassion towards us, you gave your own son to die. To die. You knew what he would face. You knew what he would go through. You knew what it was all about and you gave him. And Jesus, when you could have changed things, you willingly laid down your life for us. You chose to go through it because the joy you had in your heart was knowing that on the other side of the cross we could be free. God, I just, my greatest prayer today is for people to experience exactly what you've promised peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. A love that goes beyond any love that anyone could ever find in this world, in this life. A hope, a confident expectation that the life that they live, the future and eternity even, Lord, that they're all set up for success in you, Lord. I pray, oh God, simply that people will open their hearts and allow you to work powerfully in their lives. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for love. Thank you for joy. Thank you for peace. Thank you for the confidence in you that we can have because you've always done what you've always said and you always will. Now, Father, I pray that you bless and keep this people and make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. May your countenance, your favor ever be turned in their direction. And would you grant them your peace, I pray. Go with us and bless our time together today and throughout these next couple of weeks as people are gathered for Christmas and gathered in travels and different things. God, I just pray it be an incredible time of thinking of you and of experiencing your peace and joy, your hope, your power, your love, and your strength. In Jesus' name.